everyone, and welcome to the Sons of Saturday podcast. It is Sunday, September 12th at 5.54. This is Billy Ray Mitchell from San Diego. We got Grayson back in Los Angeles, and we have Pat, who's in New Jersey, keeping up with the Kardashians, keeping up with the Suns. He played some golf today. Pat, how'd you play? We had a uh, we had a rough front nine, 52 on the front, and then uh, we cleaned it up 44 on the back for a net of 96. So net. Not- I like that. I like, I like that. Hell yeah. Not the best, not the worst. Played at New Jersey National. Uh, great track. Great, great track in the beautiful state of New Jersey. We are here to break down the Middle Tennessee game. Middle Tennessee State, Middle Tennessee, whatever whatever have you. Uh, and um, we are here also to cover the 15th ranked Virginia Tech Hokie football team. Uh, AP poll came out today. Virginia Tech enters the top 15, which is super exciting. Um, As always, this podcast is brought to you by our friends over at the Main Street Pharmacy. We mentioned it last week. We will be doing game pins again. They will be available at Main Street Pharmacy for you to pick up, not purchase. I chose the correct P word there, pick up, not purchase. Um, Also, for anything that you may need in your home, look, I know you frat guys are not cleaning out your ears. You should go down there and get some Q-tips and really work on your hygiene. If you need some toothpaste, I know you're not cleaning your toilet bowls, so go get you some of that uh, like blue spray that you put around the bowl. Look, live healthy, have a nice house. It's, it's, it's 2021. Let's start taking care of ourselves, okay? So Main Street Pharmacy, they have all of your needs. Check them out. Pat, Hokey Haiku, it's been on a roll. The Hokey Haiku has been on a roll through week two, we have multiple submissions. Hit us with it. The Hokey Haiku brought to you by the Main Street Pharmacy. First one coming from Travis Dye, talking about West Virginia. Be careful, Hokies. Batteries and bottles fly. Stick it to the nears. It's a pretty good haiku. That's a good haiku. Well and done. Then, uh, and then we got one from Steve Bryce. I don't think this is a haiku, but there is some rhyming. So we will read it, you know, a little bit of a, a literature. Hokey pokey poem, the hokey pokey poem. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that was good. Don't don't you just gave him credit for rhyming. I did a nice little play on words there. <laughs> OK, we need our O to get better quick. If traveling to WVU, wear a helmet and carry a nightstick. You know, a little well bit of a rhyme. That's some well say that's some sage advice, Steve Bryce. And that's a rhyme I did not mean to make. So that makes two of us. We need to we need to bottle this up. Um, <laughs> all right. So where did we tailgate? Where did we watch? We'll start west and work our way east. Um, I was um, I was at Bubs by the beach here in San Diego. I've heard amazing things from a lot of people. Uh, and I was kind of curious, you know, who's going to show up, how many people will be there. We showed up right at like probably, I want to say 11 o'clock, maybe 1030. Um, and there were probably two or three people in there. But once kickoff came, we had 50, 60 people. I mean, it was it was a great, great event. Some awesome participation. They were doing 50-50s. They were doing local like announcements for events going on. Very, very cool. Shout out to San Diego Hokies. Um Man, I, I had a great time. Drank too many beers and uh, birded at home and took a nap and watched the rest of the games from my couch. Um, but uh, it, it is brutal. I got to say, that it's cool having football on in the morning, um, but it is a, a rather aggressive start to your morning. Um, so there's that. But Grayson, what, what, did, what were you doing 90 minutes north? 
Get used to those uh, early early morning kickoffs. We got well, we got one bright and early next week, Billy Ray. I was at O'Brien's Irish Pub. That's uh, the home of the Los Angeles-based Hokies for game day. Uh, shout out to Eric Avazar who organizes those events. Yeah, yeah. Had a uh, had a pretty decent turnout yesterday. I would say probably ten people there. Um, but I very much look forward to making the trip down. My buddy Austin Bourne are going to come down to uh, Bubs at the Beach next week and watch with you, Billy Ray. So 9 a.m., we'll see you bright and early with the Irish coffees. Mimosas and cereal. It's going to be a ton of fun, Grace, and I cannot wait for it. And then, Pat, take us east. You were there, loud, proud, and I'm sure you were wearing white. Tell us about the game day environment. <laughs> yeah, I uh, got up early in Charlotte on Saturday morning. Got up on 77 North to 81, was in Blacksburg by around 945, uh, went over to the German club, pulled up there with the Hart Daddy. We rolled into Campus Emporium, Hart Daddy. Hartman was looking for a, uh, a T-shirt, a white shirt. Not a lot of, uh, not a lot of availability with, uh, with the white effect here. So loved the, uh, the creativity from, from Mr. Hartman. Buys a plain white polo. Billy Ray did this for the Carolina game. Yes, I did. He bought a plain orange polo. Buys a plain white polo and sticks a uh, a Sons of Saturday uh, pin right where the logo would be for a little bit of hokey flair. Uh, but we went over, tailgated at German Club uh, until like one o'clock. Went into the game, got in there early. Uh, military Appreciation Day um, in honoring 9-11. And... Uh, you know, obviously the uniforms looked great guys. I wore white. You know, that's what you are supposed to do on the white effect. If thousands upon thousands of college kids who, you know, could be waking up on the floor can put on a white t-shirt, you know, why can't grown ass adult? <laughs> no, no. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. Guys. I'm so tired. I'm tired of this. Guys. I'm so tired of it. <laughs> Um, it's like Pat's rant of the week is starting early. No, yeah, here, but, I didn't even give you your megaphone back here. Have it back. Get off okay, my lawn. Guys, oh, guys, I don't like the white effect. And we're going to talk about this later. I don't like the white effect. I'm still going to wear white. I have white in my closet. Everyone has a white t-shirt in their closet. Everyone probably has, you know, $5 to buy a white t-shirt if you don't have a white t-shirt. But um, the game was a lot of fun. Enjoyed it sat in section five and uh, left with, you know, seven minutes left in the game, got in the car and drove to New Jersey. It was a long day, probably spent nine and a half, 10 hours on the road. <laughs> Billy's Ray is giving me a funny look. It's a uh, lot came of time. up to New Jersey and uh, yeah, shout out to my Honda CRV uh, with the good gas mileage, but uh, up here for mom's birthday, it's going to be huge. And then head to Morgantown next week. I know that was a long winded. Where did I watch? Where did I tailgate? But um yeah let's talk about the game happy birthday mom uh the crowd was fifty three thousand six hundred and eighty. solid turnout for a game versus middle tennessee time out time out that is not a solid turnout is it fifty three thousand versus uh middle tennessee um yeah i would i would say so what do you want this to be a sellout student section was full to start the game so north end zone stay full it didn't stay full it, the on TV was full till halftime. And then you could see, you know, obviously it thinned out a little bit, but it didn't, it didn't look empty or bare or sparse at all. Students did a okay. you know, fantastic job. Um, okay. But 53,000 
you know, that, that is not by any means, you know, on par with what lane stadium should be, should be filled. Okay. I'll agree with right? you there. I do remember when I first uh, got to tech, we had a long uh, sellout streak for a while. Um, and uh, that had ended, I think uh, my sophomore or freshman year. Um, but um, okay. All right. Look, Pat, I, hold them accountable. Am I, am I sounding, am I sounding a little grumpy here? I think no. I, I, you sound a little grumpy, but honestly, you're probably right. Uh, and you're probably keeping me honest here. Um, like, we're a football school. We're playing football. Um, we had, we had, we had our stuff. biggest win. We had our biggest win at home in a decade last Friday night. I thought people would have showed up in droves to see, you know, What's to see. A, I was excited to see Middle Tennessee. You know, I was excited to be back in Lane Stadium again. So, but I also do know that people had an unpleasant experience last week. Um, and maybe, back. maybe, maybe they said, Hey, you know, we will, uh, we'll hold on and we'll come in for Notre Dame. But, um, you well, know, it's like Trey have... Turner said, man, yeah, look at Trey Turner's tweet. He's like, man, every game should be like that. The terror dome. I agree. It should be always be that loud. Always be that ruckus, regardless of whether or not it's UNC in prime time or MTSU on a Saturday afternoon. Yeah. Notes, like notes from Pat show up to game day, go to Costco and buy a 12 pack of Hanes white t-shirts. And actually go to the game. And go to the game. We're in your white t-shirt for white effect. Um, we're going right to we're gonna, we're gonna talk more about this later. Um, obviously, I'm passionate about it. You guys are passionate about it. But uh, let's talk about the actual game. For sure. Uh, we'll kick this off with dislikes. We decided to forego the, uh, the play down deal. Um, it was close in the first half. Wasn't so close to the second half. We're going to jump into our dislikes and likes. Pat, kick us off with dislikes from the offensive side of the football. So we start with the offense, 35 to 14. We turn it on in the second half after coming out very, very sluggish in the first half. Um, you know, first couple of possessions, we don't score. And then towards the end of the first quarter, uh, we punch in our first touchdown of the, of the day. After Braxton gets his bell rung, uh, he comes in, throws a sweet pass to Tavion for a touchdown, putting us up 7 nothing. Um, you know, defense played well, obviously, but. Um, by the numbers, Braxton Burmeister on offense, 14 to 24, 142 yards, one touchdown. Um, not necessarily his greatest day. He got the win. He's five and one as a starter. That's fantastic. And he was phenomenal on the ground. Eight carries, 52 yards, um, picks up first downs like it's his job. Honestly, like Braxton Burmeister, when he is uh, running to his right, he will pick up the first down for you. Um, but it was too close at half. Never felt like we were really in control of the game until late in the third. And, um, you know, didn't stretch the field in the passing game. Feel like we're limited in the passing game. Feel like we're not uh, kind of taking the top off. And um, that's kind of my initial thoughts is that, there's no aggressive or urgency from what we saw in the first half uh, you know, of this game. Obviously it's coming off of a huge emotional game. You know, it's, it's a challenge to get up for a game against middle Tennessee, but um, you know, offensively there's a lot to be desired right now. Well, let's talk about that. Let's talk about that, Pat. And, you know, sons of let's embrace debate for a second. Uh, speaking of the passing game, something that I saw, I mean, 
I just kind of called a question whether or not Coach Fu genuinely believes that this is the best passing game that he's seen since he's been in Blacksburg. Obviously, he sees things in practice every single week that I do not see, that fans do not see, that thousands of people do not see. Uh, But, I mean, like, why don't we see glimmers of that exorbitant, beautiful passing game in actual games? And, like, I I just – I agree with you, Pat. I think we don't air it out. Uh, We we don't really throw the ball downfield. It's a lot of east-west passes to the flat. Those work, you know, those, those are work and, and pick up good chunks of yards. That's fine. Um, another thing, and I'm curious to hear. Let's y'all talk about st- that for a, a second, Grace. Sure. Yeah. 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 We're going to talk about multiple uh, quotes following this game. Sure. Um, I, I think that points to one of my dislikes from offense, right? I we're playing a big 12 football. I don't care. Like forget who West Virginia is for a second. They're in the big 12. The big 12 is the, we score points league. That is what they do. Um, We are going to need to move the ball downfield. We are going to need to attack the seam. We're going to need to have chunk plays. We have not seen that consistently yet. As far as the flashes though, Grayson, I, I would counter you in the fact that, I said this after the UNC game, the two throws that we saw from Braxton Burmeister to Tavion Robinson and to Trey Turner on the sideline were tremendous passes. Um, I thought they were fantastic. Some of the better uh, thrown balls that you have, that we have seen um, from the coach Fuente era. Um, I think what's going to be a big challenge right now is we don't have the alpha receiver. I think Tavion Robinson had his best, one of his best games of his career, if not the best game this past game, Trey Turner has shown the ability to make big plays. We don't have somebody that yet has been that guy where you're like, I don't care who's guarding me. I'm going to win this route and I'm going to come down with the football. And another part of that is coach Fuente mentioned this in the post game was Braxton just needs to throw the ball. Um, I think we need to understand the fact that we're not always going to be 15, 20 yards down the field, waving our hands around. Now we did miss two in this past game. I think it was one for Trey and one for Tay or two for Trey where they were running wide open down the field and we missed them, but we're going to have to take some chances and we're going to have to trust Tavion and Trey to come down with those footballs or Caleb Smith to come down with those footballs. Um, I think we've done a lot of game managing and not a lot of risk uh, taking risks. Um, but that's something that we're absolutely going to have to see versus West Virginia, uh, to to compete against that offense, uh, and to compete against some of the other offenses. I mean, I don't know if you guys watched it, Pittsburgh scored 40 points on Tennessee. Um, so Pittsburgh looks good. Virginia looks good. They just beat the hell out of Brett Belima and Illinois. Um, so, you know, I, I still think this can be a high powered, high output offense. We just have not seen it through two games. I think that's a lot of where my concern comes from, Bill. And and I think a lot of other people's concern comes from the fact that, you know, against MTSU, we really didn't see us air it out. Because, I mean, dude, bottom line is if you are having – we won the football game, bottom line. If you're having a hard time throwing the ball downfield against a team like MTSU, I mean, the ACC is good, dude. Like, Pittsburgh is good. You know, UVA is – they looked really good yesterday. And, I mean, our offensive efficiency has got to improve for us to beat these teams. Our defense looks great, and we'll talk about that. But that's my main concern. It's like, how consistent are we going to be? You know, where does it kind of take off? Where do we – 
where do we see a jump? And maybe that's against West Virginia. And Pat, you, uh, I know that you wanted to talk about this quote from coach Fuente. So I'll, I'll say it. And then, uh, you guys can react. Um, another quote that was heavily, um, kind of picked apart here was quote, I don't know that we are the team that's built to blow the doors off people right now. Um, what are your thoughts on this quote? Um, and then I'll give, uh, I'll give you all mine. So Pat, go ahead. It's an interesting quote because Virginia tech football has expectations and a standard to blow the doors off FCS and group of five opponents. When they come into a game that we paid them, you know, whatever it was, $350,000 to visit Lane stadium. Um, you know, whether it's app state in 2011 or even Boston college in 2016, we beat them 49, nothing like this is, the six year under coach Fuente's staff, we should be blowing the doors off of at least one of the two when Richmond and middle Tennessee come to town um, or at least winning by, you know, more than 21 points. Greg, I, I know, I know you have a pretty good rebuttal here, Billy, but I, I think like there's a lot to be desired from, from today, just because, this game was so reliant. This our off our offensive production was so reliant on our special teams setting us up in good positions, where Tavion was returning punts and Keyshawn King was returning kicks, and uh, Jermaine Waller was putting us in a great position with an interception and a great interception return. Like those are three possessions that um, I know we didn't score on the first Keyshawn King uh, kick return, but if we don't have those special teams and that defensive effort from Waller, like this is, could be a completely different game. Um, so it's like, we, we, we're, we need an offense to, to help contribute to blow the doors off of, a, you know, an opponent like this. Grayson, what were your thoughts on those comments? Sure. Um, I'd like to add Pat. I mean, penalties also definitely helped uh, our mm-hmm. offensive production as well. Uh, you know, I don't want to read into it too much. Uh, I, I don't think Coach Fu was like, oh, you know, we're, we just can't do it. The mentality has to be we should always blow the doors off of these, these teams like MTSU 24-7, 365 days a year. The fact that we're only up seven on them going into the half, I got I to gotta be honest, it doesn't sit well with me. I don't like it. And I understand – other teams kind of went through this like Notre Dame with Toledo and everything. That ain't us. You know, what I care about is what's going on in Blacksburg. And you know, to say I don't think we're a team that's built to blow the doors off people, it's kind of beta. It's kind of mid. It's kind of a weak mentality. And I just – I don't – like I said, I don't want to read into that too much, but we should. We should blow the doors off Middle Tennessee State. We're Virginia Tech. So oh. – yeah, I, I, I'm going to talk a little bit about the FCS uh, landscape changing later in this podcast, but I, I'm going to take his quote from just looking at this game and looking at this team. Um, I'll start this off by saying I don't love the quote. I don't think it's a great quote. Um, but, and obviously you need to understand that what he says to the media is not, I, I don't think he's going into Monday's meeting and saying, guys, you know what? Um I just don't think we're the type of team that can score a lot of points. So we gave a great effort and I'm really proud of you guys. Like that's probably, that's probably not what this conversation is like uh, to the team. I think what he was saying and, and kind of 
just being transparent with everything is this offense, A, doesn't know what its identity is yet. It is week two. Um, uh, if you look at what Nick Saban was saying following the Alabama game, yes, Nick Saban and Alabama are a different team, but they still don't have an offensive uh, identity. Clemson still doesn't have an offensive identity. There are a lot of new parts and a lot of new schematical things that we're doing. If you actually just look at how the offense is running, it's completely different than when we had Hendon Hooker at the helm. Um, and you don't know how much of the playbook is available, how much you're wanting to show, how much you're wanting to do things. Um, so I think not having an identity is one of them. Uh, you need to have an identity to operate on all cylinders. And also we need to find that guy who's able to stretch the field, not horizontal. What's the opposite of horizontally? Vertically. <laughs> Vertically. Yeah. We need to find that guy oh who's, uh, who's going to be able to win down the field, uh, regardless of who's covering them. I mean, in 2016, it was Isaiah Ford in 2017, it was Cam Phillips. I mean, it didn't matter who was covering cam or how many guys were covering cam, you know, he's either coming down with that football or it's an incompletion. And we just haven't seen that from our offense yet. Um, so that's going to be something that we definitely need to, to improve upon. Um, but I'll get into this, you know, bigger picture conversation in a little bit. Let's scoot on over to uh, the, or Pat, do you have one more point? I have one more point that I uh, kind of like a point and a question that I want to make. Um Obviously, there's there's some concern coming from me and Grayson about the offense. I think it's justified. But at the same time, I think that if you are looking at this Middle Tennessee game and expecting to learn a lot about this offense, you know, I think you might be expecting the wrong thing. Like we need to look at the Carolina game and we need to look at this West Virginia game. And these are going to be two games that we're going to learn the most about our offense because we're going to see everything that we're going to see. Um, but I'll segue that what Billy, what do you think about the Connor Blumrick package? Just kind of bringing him in and showing that, you know, to the world, um, because a lot of folks, folks next to me in the stands are saying, Hey, who is that guy? Um, and this could be something that we could have used next week and still might be using next week, but you know, knowing that Braxton was also had had just been thrown down with a yeah. uh, a late hit penalty but what do you think about that yeah so i have to i have a couple feelings on it first of all i loved it i love being i love that we have another quarterback that we can trust to bring in in situations like that i don't want uh braxton burmeister to be uh, now he's gonna have to do this sometimes but i don't i would love to have some other battering ram type quincy patterson type that we can bring in and run in third and one fourth and one fourth and goal third and goal situations um in terms of you know and Grace, now I'm I'm gonna apologize for this because you said this on our last podcast. You wanted to see a fake punt, and I'm kind of gonna go against what I said before. Um, I like bringing that package in because one, you're seeing that Connor Blum- Blumrick is able to handle it in a game. He goes in, he handles business, he scores. Um, obviously, we have a good amount of trust for him. But at the same standpoint, whether we run this against West Virginia or not. West Virginia is going to have to dedicate actual practice minutes to prepare for it. Uh, It's something that we've never run before. If you break it out in the West Virginia game, that's fine. You don't really know how it's going to go, um, but West Virginia hasn't ran reps on it. So right now, West Virginia is scheming up and trying to figure out, okay, when they go, you know, um, what do they call it? Wild, uh, Wild Turkey. Yeah. When they go wild Turkey, how are we going to line up defensively? 
what do we need to do? What are our checks? What are our reads? So that's just more time that West Virginia is preparing for something that maybe we run or maybe we don't run. So I'm actually glad that we put it out there. Um, and I'm glad that we saw great success with it. If you went out there and you laid an egg and you know you fumbled the snap, had two negative plays, they're probably not going to give a damn about it. But we saw great production from him. Um, and that that's kind of my thoughts on it. Let's move right along to the defense. There wasn't a ton to dislike about the defense. Uh, defense continues to dominate football games, dominate the pace, uh, dominate the line of the scrimmage. But um, Pat, if you have to nitpick, go ahead and nitpick, my friend. There wasn't much to dislike from the defense this past weekend. Um, just to give you the numbers here, Middle Tennessee passed for 283 yards 26 for 40. Uh, Hawkman had 207 of those yards, one pick uh, to Jermaine Waller, which was incredible. Um, so, so 283 passing yards and then 66 rushing yards as a team. This tech defense continues uh, to be fantastic against the run. I was curious about Amari Barno. Uh, I did not see him populate the stat sheet this past weekend. I saw him in the game. He's just a different looking guy out there. He is massive. And I did see him, you know, rushing the quarterback a few times and sticking his hands up and being disruptive, but just to see him not be on the stat sheet, something that that surprised me this week. I also saw that Cole Nelson did get some burn when uh, Barno was subbed out. Cole Nelson is a 2021 uh, guy, I, th- I want to say he's from Georgia, but uh, good to see a freshman getting in there who, um, you know, in our thinnest, arguably our thinnest position group, defensive line and defensive end, uh, Cole Nelson getting in there and uh, making a few good reads. Um, we're in number 93, big guy. But Billy, I had a question for you, um, specifically with defensive scheme, because Early in the game, we saw Hawkman just making a lot of dink and dunk passes, would roll out, and then would just find someone, you know, six to eight yards, um, you know, past the line of scrimmage. And we were playing zone defense. Talk to me about zone versus man and, you know, not getting after the pass rusher here or not getting, excuse me, not getting after the quarterback. Um, but what, what were your thoughts as far as zone and man-to-man? Because I know there was – um, someone had said that Chapman was yelling at coach ham about wanting to switch to man coverage. What, what were your takeaways on that? Yeah. So we'll talk about the Chapman yelling in a second. Um, I actually thought that was a hilarious gripe. Um, so I think that middle Tennessee was definitely watching last week and saw, yo, they get after the quarterback. We're going to have to do a lot of quick read stuff. We're going to have to get the ball out of the quarterback's hands as quickly as possible. Um, and that was their MO uh, and they did a good job of it. As far as why we were running more zone over man, uh, I think that's a great question. Uh, I can give you some of the reasons why I think we may have been doing that. Uh, Tay Daly had to step in for Keonta Jenkins. Uh, Keonta Jenkins was not available in this football game. Um, so I wonder if that had something to do with it. I'm hoping that Keonta is, is, uh, is good to go next week. Um, another thing to think of as well is last year, just because of you know, the injuries and the situation we were in, we had to rely on zone a ton. I know that's not typically what we like to do in the Hamilton defense and back to coach Foster for years of running man to man. Um, but it's good to work on it in a game, uh, especially against a team like middle Tennessee or Richmond. It's, it's another situation similar to the Blumrick, uh, 
um, uh, wild turkey, wild hokey, whatever. You get another look on film. It's another thing that the other team's going to have to prepare for. And it's another opportunity for those defensive guys to get reps and work on something that maybe they haven't worked on in a game yet. So I think it's a combination of, you know, Middle Tennessee took advantage of some of these quick routes. Um, and we were probably trying different looks or trying to run something that Tay was a little bit more comfortable doing or that unit is better at. Um, so that's what I took away from it. As far as Chapman yelling on to the sideline, like, I'm going to turn this into a bigger conversation. I'm just going to, you know, I'm kind of going to go off here for a second. Do you think that like Cam Chancellor or um, Chuck Clark or Kendall Fuller, some of these competitors never would get into it with Torian Gray, would never get into it with Coach Foster? Like They're all competitors. It was addressed after the game. Yeah, we're just competitors. We want to do well. That's a normal interaction on any football team that cares about winning football games. So for all of you who on their direct TV paused the TV and said, Oh man, we got players yelling at the coaches. What's going on? Please, please spare me your, your BS. It is what goes on on every team in America across the board. Okay. Guys are competitive. Guys want to do well. And they're talking with their coaches. I know none of you guys have a problem with Ryan Smith. He coaches that unit. Is Ryan Smith no longer a good football coach? I don't know. Our defense is ranked in the top five in a bunch of different statistics. Is Coach Hamilton not a good coach anymore? No. It's guys being competitive, guys being fiery, and you love to see that because they want to be successful. So that pissed me off. Uh, that was one of the things that really pissed me off. And, and I'm going to go ahead and talk about kind of the FCS landscape. Did that answer your question, Pat? Sorry. I will make sure that I answered your question. You answered my question. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, sir. And they uh, made the adjustments welcome. too. They made, and they the, made adjustments. the adjustments. They made it the worked. adjustments. And the it works. Day, at the end of the day, the defense gave up, the starting defense gave up seven points to Middle Tennessee State University. I always screw up what their name is, but whatever. We gave up seven I don't, points. Yeah, they dropped state. They dropped Okay, so state. it's just Middle Tennessee. Okay, so we gave up seven points to Middle Tennessee with the starting unit. Now I want to talk about FCS football as a whole. Grayson, Pat, Billy you Ray mean, speaking F, in third person. FBS, F, whatever. F, F, who, who, other people. <laughs> For years and years and years, we've watched teams that are football schools make a living on beating the absolute tar out of some of these schools. And the biggest reason for that was because the talent disparity was so much wider at that point. I agree. Virginia Tech should beat Middle Tennessee. I'm with you guys 110%. What happened on Saturday? We were in a close game at halftime, and we ended up covering the spread at the end of the football game. I predicted that we would win this game 35-10. to 10. We ended up winning the game 35-14 to 14 on a phantom uh, pass interference call. But that's neither here nor there. I'm here just to talk about the F-whatever F landscape versus Power 5. Here are a couple of scores over the last two weeks for you guys to listen to, to hear. Oklahoma beat Tulane by five points week one. Texas A&M was beating Kent State 10-3 to at halftime. Iowa State was beating Nor- beat Northern Iowa by six. Washington beat Montana. I didn't even know Montana had a football team, but, but Washington beat Montana 13-7. to USC was up 10-0 at halftime versus San Jose State. Florida was up 14-0 versus FAU. And Oregon was up 13-21 to versus Fresno State at halftime. I'm going to get to my point on why this is happening after I give you the numbers from this week. Notre Dame, in thrilling fashion, was able to pull off a last-second touchdown to beat Toledo. 
App State almost beat Miami this week. And who did they almost beat them with? A Clemson quarterback transfer. Boston College beat UMass. UMass, they barely have a football team, 45 to 28. Arizona State won by four over UNLV. Cincinnati was tied with Murray State at halftime. And UNC was 24 to 10 versus Georgia State at halftime. What does all of this mean, Billy Ray? Stop reading me numbers. What does all of this mean? Well, I took some time to look at Middle Tennessee's roster because the transfer portal, as I have talked about before, and I mentioned on the end of my podcast, you are going to see names that you recognize from other schools at some of these different schools that you play week two or week four in some of these quote unquote patty cake games. Bailey Hockman. He was at NC State. He went 19 for 32, 207, one touchdown. Some of the other names that were on this team, Jay Sean Sheffield was a transfer, four-star from Auburn. Amir Roussel, Amir Rausel, four-star from Florida State. He was one of their running backs. Martel Pettyway was a three-star from West Virginia. Joseph Honeysucker, three-star from Memphis. Notori Johnson, four-star from Georgia. Jamari Williams, three-star from Arizona, and Majon Wright, a three-star from Arizona. The transfer portal has made it to where when you play these FCS schools, it's no longer like you're playing far, far, far superior talent, and that's it. And you're seeing this from teams that struggle. The Citadel, I think either last year, I think it was two years ago or three years ago, was tied with Alabama or losing by six at halftime. So, look, Virginia Tech covered. Virginia Tech's the 15th-ranked team in the country. We figured we found a way to cover and win the football game. I've never seen more people outraged with a win like this. I look, I understand the outrage after Old Dominion. I understand the outrage after Furman because we were in a dogfight with Furman. But I think we kind of need to understand this isn't the 1990s or the early 2000s where it used to be that these teams come in and there's no talent on the other side of the football field. I will say the amount of. Um... This Middle Tennessee defense was extremely physical, like extremely physical. Their defensive coordinator put him up with uh, whoever's the Carolina defensive coordinator. And I'm sure that, uh, I mean, it was it was night and day just seeing these guys from Middle Tennessee actually flying around the field on defense. So I, I'm with you there, Bill, as far as um, there's talent on that side of the ball that we definitely may have overlooked in the game preview as well. But um, from a physical, from a physical aspect, Middle Tennessee did bring it uh, on defense. And this is not, you know, this is not an ex- like I'm not coming out here trying to say like, you know, there aren't things that we can get better at, or there aren't things like the difference is from the 1990s where Marshall comes in and we're winning by 50 points at halftime. That's not the situation anymore because there are guys, if there's a four-star quarterback who's not playing behind somebody, they're going to go play at another school and get an opportunity. I mean, look at Quincy Patterson. Quincy Patterson, a team like North Dakota State, they're going to thrive from having a guy who maybe wasn't good enough to play at Virginia Tech, and he goes there and takes that team to the next level. We've seen it at multiple, multiple schools, and the lower-tier schools are going to benefit from that as well. Um, You saw it with Chase Bryce over at App State. I believe the Jacksonville, uh, Florida State, absolute dumpster fire. Uh, Their quarterback, I believe, was also a Clemson transfer. So you're going to see the reseeding of talent that may not have been good enough to start at their first home, making impacts in these games. It's not just, oh, 2021's weird. There are all these upsets. No, these other teams have talent, and they're trying to win the football game, and that's what ends up happening. I'm just glad Tech came out, covered, got the job done. I I really have a hard time understanding some of this outrage. There's things to fix. Yes, there are things to fix. 
But to act like our team is worse or Pat, I love your point that we were going to learn something incredible and have an epiphany on Saturday against Middle Tennessee State at at two o'clock. That's not how this works. And with that notion in mind, gentlemen, we just talked about what we disliked. Now we are going to talk about what we liked on offense and defense in this game. But first, likes of Saturday is presented by going over, going over to the hub on campus.com backslash Blacksburg. Listen, y'all, I'm checking out the floor plans right now. They got one bedroom, they got two bedrooms, and they got a four bedroom. So they got options. I can pass that. Can't say it like Stockton. And uh, I'm also looking outside of the floor plans. It's, it's, it's a lifestyle over there. They got the food truck Fridays. They got manicures and pedicures, tie-dye parties, group fitness classes, spa nights. They will even take your LinkedIn headshot over at the Hub Blacksburg. It's more than just a place to live, and we love them very, very much and their support of the Sons of Saturday podcast. So, guys, let's get right into it. Pat, we'll start with you on offense. What did you like? So, I got on the podcast last week in our game preview. And in keys to the game, I said, we need to be key with the three. We need to score points in the third quarter, and we need to convert on third down. And thankfully, uh, we did both this afternoon. Uh, against the Blue Raiders. We were 7 of 12 converting on third down. And we scored 14 points in the third quarter. So was very happy about that because uh, usually when you could do both of those things, it's, it's uh, it correlates to winning the game. I was also pleased with a newcomer on this Virginia Tech offense. Was it Gardner Minshew? No. Was it Trevor Lawrence out there with the, uh, the the hair? No, it's Connor Blumrick. This guy comes in in the red zone, you know, all six, five of him, big dude, oozing with confidence. Um, he runs the offense. He scores a touchdown, and he gets the boys rolling. And then later in the game, we do the trick play. Connor Blumrick rolls for 38 yards down at the one, and Blackshear punches it in. But I loved seeing a guy like this make a contribution on offense, give us another dimension, and uh, give us another option on offense. No bad snaps from Brock. Um, looked like that was cleaned up from week one, which is always a, a plus, always a positive. In the running backs room, it looks like Blackshear is emerging as the guy. Um, you know, Last week against Carolina, we saw him in the passing game. This week, we saw him more in the running game. 10 carries, 52 yards, two touchdowns. Um, and I'm going to double-click on this because two of those touchdowns were both uh, red zone scores. And our team went four for four in the red zone, scoring touchdowns on Saturday. Why is that important? I think there's only been one drive this season so far that's stalled in the red zone. Um, it might have been the the – the field goal that was missed by Romo against Carolina. Um, and then obviously the Keyshawn King fumble, but nothing that was actually a, a stalled drive. Um, and lastly, Jalen Holston. Your guy. My guy. I was standing up there with both fists up in the air celebrating because my guy, Jalen Holston, broke through, broke a big run, 29 yards for a touchdown in the second half. That was fantastic. Great to see it. 
Um, so solid performance there from the running backs. I want to give uh, Caleb Smith and I believe it was Lasitas, uh, Lasitas Smith, um, some serious props on that run. If you go ahead, I think Lasitas worked his way up to the second level. Caleb Smith, uh, was able to get in the way of the safety who was trying to fill. Uh, and then Jalen Holston made an incredible cut, uh, in the hole kind of, kind of Raheem, uh, not Raheem kind of Khalil Herbert esque. Um, but it was, it was nice. It was nice. I'm happy for Jalen. He's worked his tail off. Uh, and it's paying off this year. Uh, you can tell from former teammates and teammates there now, everybody's happy for Jalen because um, he's really put the work in and it's all paying off now. Uh, in terms of what I liked from the offense, we didn't turn the ball over one time. Uh, ball security is key. Love that. Didn't put a ball on the ground. Um, so that was huge. Pat, you mentioned it. We were 50%, over 50% on third down. Um, that's something that has been a key focal point, um, for this team, uh, all off season, uh, is improving that third down scenario. Um, we looked to have done that this week. We also, I'll take you a step further on scoring 14 points in the third quarter. We scored on the first three possessions of the second half, uh, a completely different tune than what we're used to, uh, on offense. And that's huge. I uh, love being able to come out and set the tone, uh, the third quarter has usually been when the other team sets the tone. Um, so that was a nice little change of tone settery. Uh, fired up about that. Absolutely. I got Pat to laugh on that. I knew I would. Um, other than that, 5.7 yards per carry. Love to see that. You do that every down. You're going to score every time minus a turnover. And the wild turkey, man, that was fun. Absolutely love it. West Virginia's freaking out, trying to figure out how they're going to defend it. Connor Blumrick, everything I've heard about him, is a, he's a very – energetic and extroverted kid. And I think that came through on his time plan. So uh, Connor Blumrick, come on down. Uh, gig him, kid. Excited about it. To wrap up what we liked on offense, uh, I love that three QBs got reps. Vermeister, we had a little scare with him. Glad he's okay. Knox Cater. Little. Come. little. Uh, I, I mean, was horrified. Yeah. Was, I thought, I thought, I thought two weeks minimum as soon as he got it popped. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm I'm just trying to make sure everybody listening right now isn't freaking out too, Bill. But it's all good. <laughs> it's a, he's good. Uh, we saw Knox Kadem come in, get some reps, which is important, I think. And then obviously, Bill and Pat just talked about it. Connor Blummer comes in for the Wild Turkey. Honestly, Pat, you'll appreciate this. Uh, probably just a little bit more than Bill, but it was weird seeing Blummer back there instead of Greg Boone. You know, because uh, he he was he he was the pioneer of the wild turkey formation back in uh, in the mid two thousands. Uh, also, loved seeing Keyshawn King. He started the football yes. game. I want to shout out Don V real quick. I know you thought you'd never see him again, man, but he started the football game in the backfield, and we had a solid running back rotation going. Uh, King, Blackshear, and Holson all contributed. And Pat's guy got himself the twenty nine yard touchdown. And the team had 224 rushing yards total yesterday, which is fantastic. Uh, and I shout out to Raheem Blackshear. Uh, he's a very versatile player. Yes, and he I is. I think last year we didn't really see that, obviously, because Khalil Herbert was the guy. And uh, and so I'm really, really excited to see uh, how Blackshear continues to contribute to this team. Uh, anything else, guys, that we want to say? Yeah, I, I left the game with, like, six or seven minutes left to play in the fourth quarter, but checking the box score saw that Malachi Thomas got some carries, uh, standout running back, freshman, uh, true freshman running back. I think he had two carries for 11 yards, uh, including a 10 yard gain. So good to see the youth in the running back room. 
put up some production. Shout out Coach Lechtenberg. All right, so we're going to kick it over to the defense, what we liked on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, I'll start things off here. Waller, Jermaine Waller, um, surrendered the lone touchdown of the game while the starters were in on defense. Um, Let's say Bailey Hawkman threw a phenomenal pass uh, to the corner, left corner of the end zone. uh, The south end zone stands there. Waller comes back a few possessions later, makes an incredible interception. He jumps up, gets after it like he's a wide receiver, and then takes it, what, 30, 33 yards um, back the other way. Incredible interception from Jermaine Waller. Um, The physical defense, we had an element of physicality yesterday on, um, on defense, whether it was the front seven or whether it was our secondary Jordan Williams brings such an element of swagger to the defensive line. Um, that sack that he had with Dax was just absolutely incredible. Uh, it reminded me of that Kenny Canham, Daddy Nicholas, Grayson Lambert sack against UVA in 2014. Um, Nasir Peoples and Dax Hollifield were all over the field making tackles all game long. Peoples. Kind of the surprise defensive standout of the season so far, in my opinion, after two games. Had 11 tackles and a pass deflection. Dax had eight tackles. Two of them were for for loss and then uh, was also credited with a half a sack that I just talked about. Alan Tisdale had another solid game, too, uh, with eight tackles. Jamari Connor, super physical as always. Um, Two tackles for loss and a monster sack. And then uh, Amari Chapman just bringing the physicality again. So I, I think just from a physical uh, standpoint, these guys are bringing the bo- uh, bringing the boom. Whether it's you know behind the line of scrimmage or even you know when um, the opponent's getting a first down, um, the Hokie defense is going to let them know that they're there. Yeah, I would say just uh, hammering this again. The starting defense gave up seven points all day long. Uh, we won the turnover battle one to nothing. Uh, Virginia Tech also, for the first time in a long time, has this bend but don't break to it um, where it's not a guarantee if you get the ball in the red zone, you're going to walk away with seven points. Um, A cool fact that was brought to my attention by Will Stewart uh, was that no opponent has started with the football on our side of the field and Virginia Tech has started with the ball on opponent's side of the field five times. Another thing that's annoying, ESPN, the worldwide leader in sports who puts teams that are not actual high schools on television, also decided not to put the play-by-play uh, on the post-game wrap. Um, but I did notice that at least one time, Middle Tennessee was driving in field goal range and a sack actually drove them out of field goal range. Um, a couple yes. of other times where this was able to happen, uh, I'll just go through the UNC times. It was first and 10 on the VT29, VT forced to punt. First and 10 on the VT38 interception. First and 10 VT 43 touchdown first and 10 VT 16 forced a field goal and first and 10 on the Virginia tech 43 forced an interception again. So I don't know what the numbers were for middle Tennessee, um, but there is a clear, clear difference between our defense um, and getting just a lot tougher. As soon as we get into our own, uh, our own red zone. Um, I'm proud of those guys. I'm proud of coach ham, proud of that unit. They've kind of a long, long way in uh, in a few short months, uh, and it's uh, it's been a ton of fun to watch. I didn't necessarily double click into it that much um, in our dislikes, but you know, want to see a little bit more pressure on the quarterback. But I will say that 
with three sacks on Saturday afternoon. Virginia Tech is now tied for fifth in the FBS with nine total sacks on the year. So Saxburg is continuing the Saxburg legacy there. Grayson, what did you love uh, on the defensive side? Uh, I love the fact that Armani Chapman was noticeably frustrated that we were getting burned in the zone by the same plays and verbalized that to Coach Hamilton. And nobody should have a problem with that because we immediately made the adjustments and started to shut them down. The adjustments that we made worked. Uh, And then, I mean, Pat, you alluded to this. uh, The linebacker play this year has just been phenomenal. Some of the best in probably the last 10 years. Uh, Keyshawn Artis had a great game. He had three solo tackles. It was really cool to see number 15 out there flying around, making uh, contributions. Uh, Tizzy and Dax, man, what a tandem. Watching those guys yesterday was a lot of fun. Uh, I'm glad you brought that up. I'm really glad you brought that up, Grayson, because I think Dax – a lot of this post preseason, you know, we were all talking about our defense is going to rely heavily on Dax Hollifield taking a step forward. And through two games, I mean, he looks so much better at his natural position. Yep. Um, Tisdale exactly. looks so much better putting that weight on. Um, that unit has come leaps and bounds uh, better than it was last year. So shout out to them. Shout out to Jack Tyler, um, a young guy just kind of making it happen. Um, but uh, that unit has been a real, real bright spot where it was a huge question mark leading into the season. And we're going to need them next week. We are going to need them next week. West Virginia is fast. Uh, moving right along, guys. Special teams. Billy Ray, would you like? Special teams, special teams. So the punt return unit was the best it has been in – a long time. Uh, it's good to get a little bit of a spark there. We had a 59-yard return by Tavion Robinson that set us up nicely. Uh, it was great to see him get loose, get loose. Um, so that was great. Keyshawn King impacted the football game right out of the gate on a kick return. I also like to see uh, him getting the start was great. Coach trusting him um, and him getting his swagger back. I think I think that's going to be huge for us. Keyshawn King, this kid's explosive. Uh, he has a potential to be a game changer, not just on offense, but on special teams, especially. I love that he took it out of the end zone, too. You don't see that a ton, um, you know, so taking it out of the end zone and 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 making a play, flipping the field. Man, that is uh, that was great to see. I think it kind of poses the question, uh, who houses a kick or who has a punt first? Keyshawn King and Tavion Robinson both got very, very close yesterday. They showed glimmers. Uh, of, of of busting it loose, which is awesome. Still no special teams, touchdowns two weeks in. Game three would be a great place to start. Would be a yes, big fan. Would. Yes, it would. Pat, finish us out on uh, special teams here, man. Peter Moore. Peter Moore continues to do a good job back there. Um, had, I think, three or four punts, 42 yards average. There was one shaky one. Um, in the second half, but overall another solid performance from Peter Moore and our offense was so good that we didn't need to, or our, excuse me, our offense was so good uh, in the red zone that we did not need to utilize John Parker Romo to kick field goals. So uh, solid day on the special teams unit. Okay. This next segment out to lunch brought to you by roots, natural kitchen, Roots Natural Kitchen is the preferred Sons of Saturday cuisine. Uh, You know Roots Natural Kitchen. They are on Price's Fork Road, and they are fantastic. We did a video with Brock earlier this week that you guys probably saw on Instagram. Brock Hoffman, a Roots athlete, by the way, uh, went in, showed you guys uh, what Brock gets on his 
Roots Bowl, the El Jefe. I think you said double chicken and no Tabasco. Is that right, Grayson? No Tabasco. You got to get a lime. Got to get some lime. Okay. I, I I cannot wait to go back to Roots. It was so good. <laughs> um, so really, if you're, if you're trying to just have a, a more natural, um, super healthy alternative, hit up Roots Blacksburg, go in there, get yourself a bowl, order on the Roots Natural Kitchen app. Again, you got to order on the app if you want the discount. 20% off of your bowl using the promo code SONSOFSAT21. And we are also doing giveaways all season long on Instagram. Got to give a big shout out to Joey Sorrentino for getting the uh, prediction, getting closest to the prediction of total yards for Virginia Tech. We're going to send you some roots credit, Joey. Um, You guessed 378 yards and we had 383 total yards. You were the the closest guest. So thank you, Joey, for your submission. We're going to be doing that all season long. Uh, But the reason we call this out to lunch is because, you know, some sometimes we don't agree with how things are run or we don't, you know, we we're passionate about um, about some of the things that are going on in Lane Stadium. So um, let's not be out to lunch. Let's be let's be here. Let's be present. Let's participate. The Virginia Tech fan base on Saturday, um, obviously big win against Carolina. But my question is, was the team hung over in the first half and were the fans hung over from Carolina? in the stands, uh, you know, most of the game. Um, we, you know, we had Bruce Arians come out right before the second half. And I don't know. I don't know. He might have not been thrilled with how many fans were still there, or just how uh, how lack of raucous and rambunctious the Lane Stadium crowd was. Um, and this is just one man's opinion. I was sitting over in Section 5, and, you know, a lot of folks over in 7 and 9 and 11 and 13 were – just a lot of sitting, um, you know, not a lot of cheering on defense, not a lot of key shaking. If, if we're going to be in the terror dome, like Grayson was saying, we got to stand up on, on at least third down, but the amount of sitting, it was the most sitting that I've ever seen in lane stadium. And I've been going to games for, you know, over 20 years. Um, but it was just not what I was expecting after a massive win against North Carolina. Um, I hate to be the fan police here, but uh, we need to be a fan base. You know, we got Richmond in a few weeks. We got Notre Dame after that. East stands was like a library on Saturday. Um, you know, we were doing our part, you know, yelling to our, to we're blue in the face. Um, but guys, there were plenty of seats open in Charlottesville uh, the other day. You know, if you want to sit down and be quiet, maybe go support the Wahoos. I don't know. What do, what do you guys think? I love like, that, Pat. That's the back? first time we've gotten you back on the lawn. I, 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 I love that. I'm all for it. Um, support am, I be, am I being too harsh? Am I no, being you're not being too harsh, Pat. This is a no. top 15 football team uh, with a top 10 win right out of the gate. And we have some serious lofty expectations. Uh, shout out my game, my guy, Daywan Lofton for the lofty expectations. <laughs> um, we are fired up. We need to show up and we need to be loud. So, we can we can just talk about the white effect a little bit more and then we can put it to bed. <laughs> yeah. This is again just my opinion and this is just how I feel about it because I'm passionate about it. We need to kill the white effect. I'm ready for the white effect to go away. Um, and some people are not going to want to hear this, but just please wear white to the white effect if we're gonna still do the white effect. Um 
we don't play well during the white effect. If we want to take the take the trip down the white effect memory lane, you guys remember that Duke game <laughs> a few years ago. That was not a fun time. Uh, that was 2013? No, no, no I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. I don't know. That was, Come on. 2019. I was, I, was, I was going way back in the mystery machine. 2019, like, you know, the lowest point. Yeah, that was bad. Over the last decade. Was we the, recorded was, a sad yeah. podcast. We did. We recorded a very sad podcast. Um, the only solid memory that I have is thumping Boston College 49 nothing in 2016. And Gerard Evans threw one of the craziest passes to Isaiah Ford in the south end zone. Isaiah jumped up and caught it between two defenders. It was awesome. Um, but I don't see the positives behind the white effect. I think not enough people buy into it for it to ever look good. I think the white effect is Penn state's thing. I think the t-shirts to white effect are way too expensive. When the white effect was founded for Hermes readers in 2008, there were $6 t-shirts that were on every single storefront, whether they were at volume two campus emporium tech bookstore, you know, alumni hall didn't exist yet, but they would have had them. I went to campus emporium. I went to alumni hall. Again, I know they're not on campus bookstores, but they didn't have any white effect shirts there. Or if they did, they were sold out. You know, if we're going to do the white effect, white effect, let's make it accessible for how much were they? How much they cost? Now they're twenty dollars, nineteen ninety nine. Oh my god, no! Oh, you're, you're you're not going to get people to buy into that. No offense. And also, Pat, do we even know if the T-shirt sales support Hermes Readers anymore? That's the thing. So in two thousand eight, when Hermes Readers was started, Hermes Readers is Frank Beamer's late mother, and it's a nonprofit organization that promotes reading and literacy to youngsters. You know, grades K through three. Um, and it was a tribute to Frank's mom. She was a Virginia teacher for over 30 years. Um, And then fans would bring books to the game and make a donation to the Hermes Readers program. Um, I guess maybe it was a transition at some point, and I don't know if this was ever formalized or not, but from it being the Hermes Readers game to being the military appreciation game. But I don't know if there's any specific thing that says, you know, X amount of funds are being donated to, you know, this military foundation or anything like that. So my bottom line is I'm, I'm tired of the white effect. I think orange is a phenomenal color. I think maroon is a phenomenal color. I don't want to do gray or hokey stone effect. I think that would not look good. Um, you know, you, can, can we, can we, can we talk about that? Sure. I, so I agree with everything you just said, and I got to say that was well-researched, and I didn't know that about basically everything you just said, so hats off. I love the uh, – we ha- we should do military appreciation. I actually wouldn't mind if we did something like a uh, hokey stone effect. I, I don't think – I think it needs to be a uniform thing and not a stands thing. Um, I remember we wore hokey stone helmets against Georgia tech. And it basically looked like we took like fake countertops from like RSA and put that mat on the helmet. Um, and it that was, looked, and it was awesome. It, I hated those helmets. I thought those helmets it was were horrible. And it was awesome. It was okay. pretty, it was pretty tight. All right. Maybe I'm in the minority. I loved our, our, our hokey stone uniforms that we wore against Tennessee. Um, but no, I think we keep, I think we should keep doing the military appreciate. We'll, we'll keep doing the military appreciation, but as for you, Pat, you're 100 white, right? The whiteout <laughs> belongs. The whiteout belongs to Penn State. 
Uh, they do it better than everybody else. Everybody else is playing for second place. I like the white uniforms, but stop trying to make the people wear white. And if they do keep doing it, then wear white. I'm going to make fun of you if you don't. I, 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 I did it at the orange effect. Please stop. Pat was commenting on pictures yesterday. If people were wearing maroon, Andrew Alex showed up in maroon. Maroon is not white. I, we might have to get him a, a color palette. Um, but, uh, but yeah, guys participate, be it, be, be a, be a good friend, be a good, and please, supporter. please do not take this personally. No. If you wore maroon yesterday or if you wore orange yesterday, do not take this personally. Just put this, put this little, uh, conversation that we're having in the queue for next year before the white effect game. Hopefully we don't have it again, but if we do just remember, Hey, Remember last year I wore, wore maroon, and then the Sons of Saturday got mad at me. Maybe I should wear orange this time. Hey, Pat. I'll, I'll, Pat, I'll, I'll raise you. I'll raise you this. I'll raise you this. I'll Go raise ahead. you this. I will trade the white effect for stick it in to come back permanently with Babcock. If you, were I mean, I think right that now. was. I think you're going to get a 100 percent approval rating on that on that take. That might be yeah. the cold. That might be the coldest take of of 2020. It's not even. It's not even a cold take. I'm just saying, like, why don't we? Why don't we do that? The, the like, stick it <laughs> stick it in game brought to you by the Sons of Saturday, where we just play stick it in in the stands the entire game, and everyone wears the stick it in, stick it in, stick it in T-shirt. <laughs> the stick it in effect. Could you imagine? Dude, that would be. That would be all. Awesome. That would be sick. <laughs> that would be, so I would be sick. Okay. Stripe the stadium with stick it in shirts. I think that's a great idea. Yeah. Um, oh my gosh. Go ahead, Pat. My last thought on this matter here. Fans, please just be a fan base. Let's be a fan base. We have a top 15 team. That's a lot of fun. Okay. Yeah. Be a fan base. It doesn't say welcome to the Terror Dome on that tarp because we sit down and read books during the game, you yes. know? Stand up. Drop the books off before. Yeah. Cheer. Get loud. You know, we made the t-shirts last week. Don't make us pull the t-shirts off the site. Loudest stadium in America. Don't make Mm -hmm. us pull them off. But by the way, go buy a t-shirt. Loudest stadium in America with the the quote on the back. And uh, if you ordered one, it should ship between the 19th and the 24th. I was just looking at that yesterday. Um, You know, supply chain has been down over the last 18 months. So we apologize. We can't get it to you, you know, ASAP. But if you order it now, you should have it by the Notre Dame game. Hell yeah. That is our hottest selling merch item of all time. Fun yes, fact. it is. Well done, Patrick, for the brain power. I guess my last thing for uh, out to lunch is basically the rest of the ACC because you guys suck. Like the rest of the ACC <laughs> looks absolutely horrible. Florida State lost to Jacksonville State on a walk-off touchdown. Um I'd say hate to see it, but I actually loved to see it. It was probably the highlight of my Saturday. Um, they are a disaster. Mike Norvell, they literally, he could lose every game, and they're going to be on the side of the highway begging for change to play pay for a buyout. So he's not getting fired. Um, but if you look at the non-conference wins and losses for the ACC, guys, it's ugly, man. So the ACC is 18-9 and nine, uh, in non-conference play and a pitiful two of six versus power five non-conference foes uh compare that to the sec where it quite literally just means everything they are 23 and three against uh non-conference and six and two against power five um so not great guys not great the only other one that you can really compare it to is the pac 12 who's 10 of 11 so they're about 50 percent and uh, are two and five. So Oregon is literally saying, I'm going to hold it down 
and handle business against Ohio State. Great win, by the way. Love seeing Ohio State lose. Um, so that is Out to Lunch, brought to you by Roots. Uh, Grayson, kick us off with helmet stickers, my friend. Helmet stickers. I got to go with Pat Finn's guy, man. That 29-yard touchdown run was gorgeous, Jalen Holston. Uh, that was and, – and shout out to his offensive lineman, Bill. You did that earlier. That was a beautifully executed play. Uh, Keyshawn Artis, three solo tackles yesterday. Uh, tackles for losses, too. Uh, I know he's been itching to get on the field. I've seen his tweets. I was excited to see him play. And then Shamari Connor, man, that's sack. Oh, my gosh, he came out of nowhere. Popped his helmet off. Uh, Bailey Hogman's helmet off. Uh, and and I love seeing him in the number one. It's so dope. Can I uh, can I just say, I, you know, I wanted to give him a helmet sticker, too, so he might double up on the on the stickery. Um, but shout out to Shamari Connor. Shamari Connor is – so much better this year than he was last year. Last year, he was a heat-seeking missile. He made plays in the run game. He led the team in tackles. But his coverage is is night and day this year. I mean, he has vastly improved his draft stock. And I'm going to go ahead and make this comparison. He reminds me so much of Chuck Clark from the standpoint of a guy that knows where everybody's supposed to be. He's a leader on this football team. He's always going to be at or near the top of the tackling totals for, uh, for the football team. Um, and per, as a, like, from what I know about him, Chuck Clark wasn't a super loud guy. He led by example and Shamari Connor seems to be very similar. Um, so I'm, I'm fired up about him and he worked extremely hard this off season. And it's, it's, it's obviously showing. Um, so shout out to Shamari, man. What a, what a, what a turnaround and what a, uh, what a leap in his game this year. Three big-time Chamari Connor fans on this podcast here. Uh, I'm going to flip it over to the offensive side of the ball. Tavion Robinson, Trey Turner both had career milestones on Saturday. Tavion Robinson hit 1,000 receiving yards on the career at Tech. Trey Turner had his 100th catch on Saturday. Um, so congratulations to big play Trey and sweet feet today. Connor Blumrick also gets a helmet sticker from me for coming in and taking control. Um, guys, guys, character, man. He's, he's, he's playing the, the Gardner Minshew kind of personality with a little bit of the Minshew and a little Trevor Lawrence look in him. So uh, we'll see what else is to come from CB. What number is he Four CB four from Texas. Uh, I want to have a, a, a late, um, a late addition here to my list. Um, but we're going to go with Knox Kadem. He is knocking at the door, came into the game, made an opportunity. Knox Kadem Kadem delivers. delivers. Uh, that's a, that's a big spot to step in. Uh, no hiccups, no problems came right in, handled business and which was an extremely, extremely scary situation. Um, I'm glad that we're, that we're good there. My late ad is going to be Caleb Smith. Uh, Caleb Smith, great blocking all day long. Again, uh, that guy is unselfish. That guy knows where to be and uh, is doing great stuff. So I've shouted him out two weeks in a row with a little video. Um, but I, I'm fired up about Caleb Smith. Nasir Peoples, I mean, he's he's been the surprise of the year, Pat. You said it earlier. Um, he could have won my game ball last week. He finished with 11 tackles and a a pass breakup. I mean, not see people's just, just making absolute plays out there. And then great. You alluded to it. I'm going to give it to Dax and Tizzy. Um, They look so much better this year. They combined for 16 tackles and two TFLs, absolutely clogging the middle. Um, Hats off to those guys, man. They are, uh, 
really, really stepping it up. I love, I love this defense. Like I, I can't say enough positive things about this defense. This defense is, is, is elite um, in terms of, of what we've seen in Blacksburg recently. Um, so very, very well done. Team hasn't scored 20 yet. Uh, let's, let's keep it that way. Game ball. We are giving away game balls. Game ball. Game ball. Game ball. Who's getting the game balls? You can go first, Pat. Give away your game ball. I'm giving my game ball to Raheem Blackshear. He found the end zone two times on Saturday when it mattered most. Uh, 10 carries, 52 yards for Raheem Blackshear. The dream. You know, I, I, this this might actually surprise a lot of people. I'm giving it to Armani Chapman. I know he broke up one pass and had one tackle. But on the grounds alone of kind of how vocal he was and say, hey, like we need to switch up. And the defensive staff, they listened. They made the adjustment. I just love that. I thought that that was an awesome moment. And uh, so he gets my game ball. We're kind of kind of saying, hey, Coach Ham, let's go. Let's tighten up the screws. I love uh, I love our defensive backfield, man. It's a, it's a special group and um, a competitive and fiery group, man. That's a it's a good group, but it's cool that he has that kind of relationship with his uh, with his coaches and that staff. Um, so I, I love to see that. But my game ball goes to Tavion Robinson. Pat, you said it. He went over a thousand yards for his career. Four catches, forty one yards, a touchdown, and a fifty nine yard punt return. He's taken the next step. Um, Tavion Robinson, he's arrived um, and just looking for him to get better and better as the season goes along. So in the famous words of Tom DeLon in the song, feel blink one eighty two singer in the song, feeling this, he says, where do we go from here? Uh, where do we go from here? Uh, offensive. Dude, please don't ever do that again. <laughs> Dude, I thought it was great. Uh, shout out to Blink-182. Anyway, where do we go from here? Uh, offensive production has to drastically improve if we're going to win against West Virginia in a very, very hostile Morgantown environment. Look, y'all, they're going to be throwing car batteries. They're going to be throwing the, the nit bottles. They're going to probably be throwing, like, tires. I don't know, but it's going to be I, – I, you know what, Pat Finn? I'm praying for you, dog. I hope you make it out of there alive win or loss i hope you make it out of morgantown alive i hope you have a good time give the uh, guy some pins yeah give the coach Bring some pins <laughs> Mountaineers. um we got to trust burmeister the coaching staff has got to trust burmeister to make the plays that they say he's capable of making rest up get it right take the black diamond trophy out of the case dust it off only to bring it right back home uh, I'm, I'm a little nervous about this game just based on kind of the, what I've seen from the offense these past two weeks, I trust our defense tenfold. Uh, but who knows, maybe the offense will surprise us this week. Uh, any thoughts to add on that front gentlemen, before we move on to stuff that isn't football fired up, uh, for this challenge, uh, Hokies open up as three point dogs, which basically means it's a coin flip for being on the road. Um, I think, um, you know, you can look at West Virginia as a one-on-one football team that lost to Maryland, but this is a hostile environment. You can throw it all out. It's a rivalry game. They're going to show up ready to roll. We got some guys that were on this team last year transferred. Um, it's going to be uh, it's going to be fun, man. It's it's going to be fun. I, I just 
we could add Fox to out to lunch for putting all their best games on at noon. They did it with Oregon and Ohio state last week. They're doing it with us this week. It's the big noon kickoff is a big joke, um, a big noon joke. So maybe we should put games that are awesome. Not at, you know, lunchtime or breakfast time for Billy Ray and I. So thank you. Right. Um, two storylines here, not necessarily huge storylines, but Doug Nestor, uh, everyone knows Doug Nestor is playing at West Virginia now. He transferred from Virginia Tech over the offseason. Um, and then Wyatt Milam, Milam uh, is another guy that we recruited pretty hard from Huntington, West Virginia, that um, you know is also on West Virginia's offensive line. And then a couple guys on Virginia Tech's staff who know Morgantown all too well, J.C. Price, Justin Hamilton, uh, Pearson Prelo. I think that's it. But um, guys who you know are very much well embedded in the Virginia Tech West Virginia rivalry from the '90s and early 2000s, and I think uh, you know that will give them a little bit of um, just s- some knowledge to pass along to the team in how to prep for going to a game at Milan Pusker, I believe that's what it's called, or how it's pronounced, uh, stadium up in Morgantown. But excited to get up there. I've heard. A lot of things about that city and about that town. Uh, stuff that isn't football. Grayson, I know you had a few things you want to chat about uh, about this game uh, on Saturday. Um, that, you know, our, our last kind of thoughts about um, about the Middle Tennessee game. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Pat, I know, obviously, you were in the stadium uh, for the game, so you did not get to enjoy Bill Roth and Eddie Royal, that tandem calling the uh, televised uh, version of the game. Definitely a little bit of bias there, but you know what? Grayson's okay with it because it technically was on the ACC network. Uh, Obviously, it's so cool to hear Bill Roth calling a Virginia Tech game again. We got a touchdown tech. Not as emphatic as it used to be, but that's to play the not – bias professional as he would teach you in the sports media and analytics department at Virginia tech. It was also very, you know what? uh, A a huge congratulations to Eddie Royal. He did a phenomenal job, like was such a natural on the call as, as the, as the color guy. I can't wait to see what he does on the ACC network. He also said, you gotta be able to quote, stick it in there. Uh, I think after we just settled for for a field goal as opposed to a touchdown, but he knew what he was doing. So uh, wink, wink with Babcock. Uh, (laughs) I I hope you were listening to that. Um, Anything else, gentlemen, stuff that isn't football? Yeah. uh, I mean, this is kind of football, but it's not college football yet. Uh, We had a big time visitor this weekend in Benji Gosnell. He is a four star uh, tight end that was formerly committed to the University of Ohio State. Uh, he has since decommitted from Ohio State uh, back in July of tw- uh, July 27th, took a visit to Virginia Tech, uh, and since has been crystal balled to Virginia Tech. He is a four-star recruit, a 13th overall tight end uh, prospect in the country, and the 10th overall player in the state of Virginia uh, in the state of North Carolina. But recently, as in like in the last couple of weeks or months, moved to the state of Virginia. Um, regardless, that's great. I know we had a bunch of recruits in town, probably for the first time since this game wasn't on a Friday night, it was on a Saturday. Um, so little, little positive recruiting news, um, from tech Pat, do you have anything good or bad? Uh, yeah. Last thought that's more so on the concern side, but hopefully James Mitchell is okay. Um, taking the jet sweep in the red zone early in the first half, uh, on Saturday, 
dude, you know, submarine tackled James, went at his legs, and it looks like it. I think it was his right knee um, that was banged up, hoping for a bruise, but um, I guess we'll find out more later this week. But um, yeah, James Mitchell and any other guys who are nicked up, hopefully that, um, you know, like Keonta Jenkins, we'll see him next week uh, against West Virginia. Moving right along to the letters from the lunch pail brought to you by Sharkies. Look, Sharkies is our place. Grayson, hoping you make it back for Notre Dame. I'm definitely going to be there for Notre Dame. Pat, we'll be doing another event at the Shark Tank. Uh, Super excited about that. And I know we have some more shirts that are being... We're in the uh, discovery phase right now with those T-shirts, but we'll definitely be bringing some more T-shirts to you uh, on a collaboration with Sharkies. Um, so Sharkies is the official drinkery and eatery of the Sons of Saturday. Um, so check them on out and head on down and get you a Long Island iced tea with a Sprite if uh, you take Matei's advice on that. Um, but Grayson, go ahead and kick us off with the letters from the L's from the P. L's from the P. What a throwback. Uh, VT00SM as the team came out flat. I guess it's due to fading MTSU, who few know where they are located. Thoughts on Tech's remaining schedule and West Virginia's run defense. And also added in here, Miami and Notre Dame no longer seem nearly as good. I, uh, I agree with that. Thoughts on Tech's remaining schedule? I mean, I, I said it earlier. My concern is obviously, and I think a lot of people share this sentiment with the offense. I mean, our, our defense can clearly hold their own. They've proven that twice, especially if they're able to stay healthy, which I most certainly hope that they do. Uh, it's just I, I West Virginia beat LIU 66-0 this past weekend. Clearly, they have the ability to put up a lot of points. And, uh, you know, that, that concerns me. They're, they looked quick. Even in their loss to Maryland, they looked very fast. So they're going to be a challenge for us on defense. Uh, and can we keep up on offense is the question. I certainly hope so. In terms of the rest of the schedule, I'm trying to take it one game at a time. Pat and Bill, I hope you share that sentiment, uh, taking it week by week. Guys, any thoughts to add here? As far as the rest of the schedule goes, um, definitely right about Notre Dame and Miami seeming to be – uh, a little bit more fraudulent at this point in the year, but three schools that are kind of trending in the upwards direction that uh, I'll definitely be concerned about one university of Virginia two, university of Pittsburgh and three Boston college, Boston college is averaging 47 or 48 points per game. At this point, um, they have a high powered offense led by uh, Phil Dracovic. I know they've played two cupcakes, but they have beat the doors off both of those cupcakes um, I guess they only beat UMass by 17 points, but they did score 45 points. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens with, uh, with Boston college, but yeah, um, it should be a challenge the rest of the road here, but let's focus on West Virginia. Completely agree. And, uh, as always tune into our, uh, podcast previewing the next opponent, uh, that'll be coming out on, uh, believe Tuesday, more than likely Wednesday. Um, moving right along, we have Steve Bryce, my guy. What's more lacking in our passing game? Our receiver's ability to get inability to get open without being schemed open, or Braxton Burmeister's lack of confidence in fitting balls into tight windows? This is a good question. Um, I think, like I mentioned earlier, our receivers need to do a better job of uh of winning. Uh, but also Coach Fuente alluded to this in the post-game press conference. We gotta put it out there. We gotta we gotta throw the ball up, allow our wide receivers to have a chance to come down with it. 
that was one of the things I loved about Josh Jackson, even though he wasn't one of the most accurate passers, what he always did was he was able to trust his receivers, put the ball up and trust that Cam Phillips was going to come down with it or nobody was going to come down with it. And we haven't really done that. Um, I think Braxton's pretty confident in putting the ball into small windows. He's done it a couple of times this year. Um, I think that we just need to emphasize, look, you got to get the ball out there. You got to give our guys a shot. We got some talented guys out there. Let them prove themselves. Um, so we shall see. We shall see. Does anybody else have any points in that? I know we have one more letter from John Cran. So Grayson, kick us off with this John Cran letter. Yeah, John Cranamas. Can any one of you explain to me how people can be negative on social media right now? What is their mindset? It makes me nuts. Well, John, you probably saw me on Twitter yesterday. I was a little, I was a little fuming. I was, I, I was a little, I was a little steamy on the TL. I'll tell you how I can. I don't know if I was being downright negative. I was just more kind of disappointed than anything. Uh, you know, I, I I understand people's frustration when we're only beating MTSU or Middle Tennessee now at the half by by a touchdown. I was I was concerned about that. I've seen the movie too many times. All I could think was, is that gummit? Like, no, let's let's not do this today. Let's beat them emphatically with an exclamation point. But to Bill's, to Bill's rant earlier, to Bill's rant earlier, you've seen a lot of teams that have struggled, like Notre Dame and Toledo and Florida State lost to Jacksonville State or whatever the hell it was, um, you know, but. I, I mean, I didn't see too much negativity on the TL yesterday. Oh, I did. I did. I, I, saw, I saw plenty of it. I think here – Billy was feeding oh, it. Billy was pouring – Billy, Billy was pouring fire on it or pouring uh, gasoline on it. Yeah, well, I, that's what I do sometimes. Look, I think there's a section of this fan base, uh, most of which I'm very familiar with, that are almost feel more gratification – to, to like have anything go that might prove them right about us either sucking or us needing to switch coaches. Like, I think there would be some people that would be, have, have gotten more personal satisfaction from us losing to North Carolina on September 3rd than from us beating uh, North Carolina on September 3rd. I truth, I truly believe that, that there are those type of people out there. Um, look at the end of the day, whether you like the staff, whether you don't like the staff, whether you're happy with the results or not, fact is this, Virginia Tech is a top 15 team in the country. Nobody expected that. We're 2-0. and We're rolling into a non-conference game on the road uh, and playing meaningful football. This football is meaningful. That's why so many people are talking about it. Um, I'm not here to rip those people. That's just kind of their MO, their prerogative. All I'm asking those folks to do is be a fan base, support these kids. Um, we're, we're having what could be a very – magical season or a true kick to the nuts season. Um, but right now it's looking magical and we just got to keep, uh, got to keep it rolling, show up to the seats, wear your white on white effect, white maroon on maroon effect, wear orange on orange effect and, and be a good, be, be a damn fan base. Shout out to Pat. Shout out to Bryce. Um, yeah. Fans are conditioned at this point to be let down at some point. And if there's any inkling of a letdown, AKA only being up seven points to middle Tennessee at halftime, then the boo birds will come out and people will get frustrated. Yes. You know, 2019, we saw it against Duke. 2018, we saw it at ODU. 2020, the Liberty game. You know, we also lost to Virginia um, two years ago. Like there, it's it's like the inevitable letdown. As, yeah. as far as we could kick that can down the road, the better. Hoping it never comes. But that is why you're going to see people being negative um, because we have been conditioned 
to have that inevitable letdown. So, um, you know, I'm in the camp that it's not going to happen yet, uh, but we're going to learn a lot about this team next week in Morgantown. Smiling shout outs. We ready for some shout outs? I'm ready to smile and shout out. Speak of the devil. So John Cran runs a uh, dental practice, Dr. Cran, out in Chesapeake, the Chesapeake Center for Complete Dentistry. We are going to give you some smiling shout outs today brought to you by the Chesapeake Center for Complete Dentistry. Uh, So I am going to kick things off here. If you are looking for a place to watch this West Virginia game on Saturday, look no further then the Blacksburg Brewdo. It is an annual festival, annual event with live music, with beer from Virginia breweries in Blacksburg at the historic Smithfield Plantation. Shout out to the Blacksburg Partnership and shout out to Ann Castle, Ann Castle, friend of the Suns, um, who is uh, in a leadership position over there. We will be doing a uh, some type of giveaway for the Blacksburg Brewdo. It's one of those uh, annual events in Blacksburg that's a ton of fun. Um, so go check that out. Daniel Griffith will be playing. Let's Former go. Former Virginia Tech uh, football player Daniel Griffith will be playing at this festival. He is a musician. He does fantastic singing and strumming of the guitar. So please check that out. Please see our social media this week to see what types of giveaways we will be doing. Uh, there will be TVs and a section uh, to watch the West Virginia game at the Blacksburg Brewdo. Um, so thank you, Anne, for passing the message along. And uh, we'll we'll uh, post more about that this week. Shout out to Tyrod Taylor. Getting the start for the Houston Texans this Finally. week. Finally. Getting the win over Jacksonville. 21-33, 291 yards, two touchdowns. He looks fantastic. He might be at the top of the board for fantasy quarterbacks uh, in week one. Pretty impressive from our guy, T-Mobile. And then a shout-out to Joey Sly. Also had a good day for the Houston Texans. Um, his new landing spot, uh, he joined the Texans roster over the last week or two. Three field goals, along of 40, and uh, hit all his extra points. But love to see Tyrod scoring touchdowns and then Joey trotting on the field kicking the extra point. It's a fantastic hokey combination hell yeah what a what a generational divide there too i mean thinking about when those guys both played at virginia tech the fact that tyrod's into his 30s now and is still playing in the nfl uh i i'm 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 over the moon for him it's it's about it's high time that he's on a team where some rookie doesn't come in and, and take his spot. And so he's still balling out and I'm stoked for him. My shout outs, shout out to the, uh, to the Los Angeles Sokies. It was great to see Otto Brines yesterday. Uh, and then to the San Diego squad, I can't wait to see y'all next week. Cause bubs looked like a blast. Yeah. Shout out to that. That was, that was awesome, man. I met so many, uh, folks that uh either knew before or didn't know we're out here that's kenny cannon was there i found out that ken and i live two blocks away from each other so we'll be hanging out a little bit more that's that's exciting um everybody that i ran into though uh, of course grayson you'll know about this oh you're you're pat's buddy you know pat i'm like yes i know pat finn yes i know Pat finn everybody knows pat finn so shout out to pat uh for the friendship uh, but shout out to Allie, Kevin, Alec, Jake. I mean, there were so many, so many Hokies out there. It was great to meet him. Uh, shout out to my roommate, Brandon. He was uh, there and 
checking out the Hokie culture, hanging out. Uh, Mackenzie Collins, Peyton Beach, they just got out here. They completed the cross-country trip. I ran into them at Main Street Pharmacy as I was leaving town, and they were leaving in their car. Uh, they drove all the way from Blacksburg to uh, San Diego, California, and they are out here now. So, uh, congratulations on the cross country trip. Welcome to the club. It is a very distinguished, uh, fraternity that you are in. So welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, but other than that, we got lots of Saturday coming out, uh, later in the week. We have our game preview coming out later in the week. We have some awesome articles. Mike McDaniel is doing a breakdown on the vertical passing game or lack thereof from Virginia tech. And, uh, guys, it's hate week. Let's beat them. Let's get it done. Let's keep climbing those rankings, guys. It's time to wander, tripping in the sand. We smoke out windows, drink till we can't stand. But I saw you dance like you want to in my head. Love, she said it. to you and